If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, all you dog-loving peeps out there. I hope everyone is doing very well. Really quick, guys, we just came out with some brand new merch, and I want to give some of it away to you guys here on the podcast exclusively. Nowhere else we're doing this. What you guys need to do if you haven't yet is leave a review in the review page below, whatever you're listening to this on the podcast. Screenshot it, share it with me on Instagram, and tag me. I'm going to pick five people. I'm going to be giving away five different No Bad Dog merch stuff. Uh, as soon as this is released, the first five people that do it is going to get some free stuff shipped out to you. So uh, you guys can do that to win some free stuff, but I want to roll with the episode, guys. In this episode, it's it, this, is, this is a great podcast because I touch on some things, and I, I kind of said this last session, but this is true to this episode too. I touch on some things I haven't touched on before. And I say and I explain things in a way I haven't done before. And, and, I, and I really like this episode because I'm really able to break through with this dog owner. And the reason why I'm saying these things is because the dog owner found such empowerment and such, and, and such motivation and inspiration to move forward and be successful with her dog. And so this episode is with a, with a dog owner, just like you guys listening at home, working on a lot of different stuff. So there's many different things going on. There's leash stuff. There's reaction um, there's frustration. This is a younger dog, and so obviously uh, she has a long road ahead. So this is a great episode for anybody out there dealing with anything. And if you're a dog trainer, of course, listening through the process is always fun and entertaining. I appreciate you guys so much. This podcast is growing, and it's very special um, to be able to connect with you guys on this level. So I appreciate you guys. And I also appreciate my friends over at dogjo.com. As you guys know, e-collars are one of my biggest tools in my success in, in working with, with my off-leash dogs as well as some of my behavior modification. And Dogtra is the only brand that I use on my videos, talk about in this podcast. And most important thing, guys, is Dogtra is actually giving you listeners some some money off, some monies off your entire purchase at Dogtra.com. If you guys spend $200 or more, you can get 10% off your entire purchase using the discount code NBD10 at checkout. That stands for No Bad Dogs 10 for you listeners on the podcast. So don't tell me I ain't nothing. I ain't never did nothing for you guys. Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. And I also want to give a shout out, huge shout out to my new partnership and my new friends over at Herm Springer. As you guys know, um, Herm Springer is the 
best manufacturer for dog training collars other than remote collars. So they do, e or I'm sorry, they do prong collars. They do, uh, they do neck tech collars. They do martingale collars. They do, they do all really pretty high end imported from Germany stuff. I couldn't be more excited to work with them. Shout out to Herm Springer. Thank you guys so much. If you guys haven't yet, go ahead and follow them on Instagram. If you guys haven't followed Herm Springer on Instagram, you are missing out on a lot of great content that they're that they're putting out as well as uh, some of the stuff that I'm working with them at. You can follow them at Springer underscore dog sports. Shout out to Herm Springer. Thank you guys so much. Let's roll into the podcast. Don't forget for the giveaway, you guys have to do that. Uh, in the first five people, I'm giving away some free stuff. Here we go. Good morning. It's Tom. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How's it going? Very good. Thank you. Um, let's get right into it. So Bentley, um, I adopted him about two months ago. He was a rescue from Michigan. Um, he's, I got one of those embark tests and, and he's like 60% husky, 20, 20% lab and retriever or whatever. Um, and a little bit of boxer and German shepherd in there. So he's, he's kind of a mix all over the place. He's got a lot of energy. Um, awesome with people. But he's had a lot of leash react or not even leash reactivity, just reactivity towards other dogs in general. Um, so living in the city, right? So I know I don't know his story before we got him. He's four and a half months old now. Um, and I don't know his story, obviously, before we got him, like what his experience was. I know he was in foster for about maybe a week, um, was adopted really quickly, as all the dogs are these days. Um so he came to me and, you know, I live, I live in the city, so we go for a walk and I'm not ready for it, but he's like lunging all over the place at other dogs. At this point, we didn't have any obedience. So I was like, holy cow, how am I going to get this dog around the city, let alone like get him, you know, enough exercise to keep him from eating my house apart. Um, so it's, it's been a struggle. Um, I'd say it's gotten better with basic obedience we've we've tried puppy kindergarten um i've initially like a weekend i called um a local trainer in boston and it was just someone i found on google um so and she's very like positive reinforcement based right so she was like every time you see a dog like as as you're approaching you know give him treats and just just she called it open bar like just keep giving him Whoa. treats and you get yeah until you get past the dog. So I'm like, okay, that's like nuts. if that doesn't work. So that's that's what we were doing for a while. Every time he saw another dog, like load him off with treats and make it, you know, try to make it a positive experience. So Yeah, and, and make him obese while you're at it. Sure. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Sick. I'm like, oh my God, how many hot dogs is this poor dog gonna eat? Oh my god. Um he's he's very food motivated, so like in that sense it's it's a good thing. Um and I will say for the time being when I was like holy cow, I don't know if I can keep this dog because how am I going to, you know, get his energy out at all? Um, it, it worked, but I quickly realized that, like, I'm just loading him up on treats, and this is not a long-term solution. It's not, we're barely managing. We're just kind of, you yeah. know, getting through the issue, like, one dog at a time. Yeah, it's not sustainable. Um, no, for sure, definitely not. So we've, um, I mean... I've been working at it where I try to, you know, 
with basic obedience. So I can, I've gotten him really good at leave it and at um, looking at me. So every time we pass a dog, I say, Bentley, look at me um, and that type of thing. And that's where we've, what's helped more. But if we, you know, if we like path cross paths with the wrong dog or we get too close too quickly, um, it's still a big issue. And he's, he's, he's really cute. So a lot of people, you know, are coming up to him or like even where I live, a lot of people walk their dogs, um, not even off leash, but there, there's a good amount of people that are like very casual with their dogs. Um, so if we're walking by and the sidewalks are narrow and people aren't really paying attention, they're on their phone or whatever, um, as much as I try to cross the street or, or kind of avoid the situation is still, it still escalates. Um, but so his reaction is, I mean, he's four and a half months old now. I got him when he was three Mm -hmm. and it's like the hair on his, on his back stands up. He like, he like points forward, like his ears go back. Like you can physically tell he's, he's like gearing up. Yeah. He's getting worked up. Yeah, for sure. Um, so he's getting worked up and, and you could tell when it's coming. So I try to deescalate as, as best as I can. Um, but you could tell it's like a very adverse physical reaction. So, um, I started Googling, I found a lot of your videos. I know like that's something that you work with a ton. Um, and I think my biggest thing is like, I don't know the root of this problem, right? Like you speak dog. I don't speak dog. I thought I was getting like this perfect little puppy. Um, so I was like really taken aback by his reaction. And so I don't know if it's coming from a place of fear. I don't know if it's coming from like, I I think he definitely has some insecurities. He's afraid of, he's afraid of jumping in the car. He's afraid of vacuums. Like we've, we've worked on the vacuum thing, but like you can tell he's, he's a puppy. So he's, he's working on that stuff. Um, so I think part of it is definitely insecurity and fear, but I like part of it might just be, he's a brat. I don't know. Um, so I, I guess I don't want to start correcting him and make the problem worse. Um, I don't like, I got, um, the Herm Springer collar. I actually think I got the wrong size. So I wanted to talk to you about that too. Sure. Um, but I got the collar. I'm just afraid to use it on our walks. Cause I don't know, like, I don't know where his reaction's coming from. So I don't want to make the problem worse. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's a lot there. It's, it's very common for these things to happen. Um, I think, you know, just touching base on what you were saying about, uh, you know, going back to what you were saying about the, the other food, uh, based training, uh, like you said, like it is a very temporary thing. Um, and not only is it temporary on the leash, but mentally. So like his stimulation or his reactivity or what's making him react is still there, obviously. So that's a, that's a bandaid you got to be careful about. Um, and, and like you said, that's, that's, that's the, the big problem with doing purely it's not, there's no such, first of all, there's no such thing as purely positive, but that's a, that's the only hard thing with doing positive only training. Uh, when you're trying to do behavior modification, uh, with food and a redirect, especially at four and a half months old, you get a four and a half month old dog that's reacting. That's crazy to not just go in there and settle it because the, so for me, I just, I just want to touch on that just so you know how, crucial it is and how dangerous that that could have been if you didn't like say okay uh this doesn't work so switching gears because 
at four and a half months old, if you were to start to redirect the dog, you know, with food and whatever, um, it would have set him up for for continual like reaction in the future once you don't have food. So it, it almost would have charged that up. And I'm saying yeah. this because he would have got frustrated. He's not getting paid. And then he would still yeah. be reacting. So anyway, I just wanted to touch on that. Um, yeah. I could tell really quickly that that was not going to be a long-term solution. And I was like, what am I going to do if I'm out for a walk and I don't have a tree? Well, like, why, why would you, why would you have to, for me, it's like this too. And, and this is lifestyle for me. It's the, the reality is, is why would you have to spend, <clears throat> excuse me, why would you have to spend like, you know, X amount of time in the morning or in the afternoon or at night cutting up hot dogs and then, I mean, you shouldn't have to put, like, your dog training equipment on your grocery list. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And yeah. then for you to go out and just, like, hot dog. And I just, and, and the only, like, obviously, I'm not a, I'm, I'm not a big fan of, of individuals who, who think there's only one way to train a dog. Because that is so limiting. And it's so in in my opinion, because I've seen it in so many different areas of, of not only dog training, but a lot of other things, you know, cause I was mm -hmm. an animal control officer and I saw a lot of dogs, you know, I would be talking to owners that were working on recall and the dog get hit by a car and they're like, well, you know, he usually likes his food, you know, so I've seen it in so many, it's not just my opinion. It's, I've seen yeah. it like kill dogs over and over and over again. And the, the problem is, is, is you're just going to, you're going to continue to, to have all of these internal issues and you shouldn't have to go out there and say, okay, we see a dog. Let's, let's fill them full of, full of hot dogs until we walk by. Like you said, it, it's a, it's a quick, easy, cheap, very bribey, tricky, sleazy way to get over it in my opinion. But anyway, so I, I just wanted to be clear on that, that I'm not like it's it's just not a good and you and the th the great thing is, is a lot of people who go through that route they realize really quickly they're like this yeah. is garbage so yeah let's move forward from that um now when you're dealing with certain situations i i tr i tend to to tell people like for for your example um mm -hmm. i can i can picture what you're dealing with in my head you're dealing with a dog that is well. First of all, you have a really tough mix. Um, Siberian Huskies are one. Yeah, of, yeah, they're they're one of the hardest breeds to to train, like hands mm -hmm. down. Uh, you know, kind of some of the breeds are uh, Shiba Inus, Siberian Huskies, Great Danes, um, and, and the reason that is is because they're just genetically make up to not do like obese. They're not real. I don't want to. I don't want to say they're not good companion dogs, but they're not good. They just want to do their own thing. And so, if you're not mm -hmm. living in an environment like you, you said in your email, you you live in Boston. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. So, um, you know, you're living in an environment where you do have to say like, no, 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 you you have to walk nicely and you can't bark at people and whatever. Yeah. So anyway, my point is is. Uh, first off, there's breed. Breed goes into this a lot. You get a four-month-old dog, uh, and this particular breed and this particular dog is, you know, in my opinion, one of the tougher breeds to, to train because they're very dramatic. They're very local. Or, very dramatic. Yeah, very dramatic, very vocal, um, mm -hmm. and they just don't 
compromise with obedience. You know, you get like a shepherd or a lab or a pit bull or really any other dog. Well, <laughs> you come out and you say, hey, let's do this. They go, yes, yeah, sweet. Let's do it together. You know, and yeah. it just seems like some of some of the breeds, including the Huskies, are like they're like cats. They're like, I excuse me, am I did I like ask you for your opinion? Like, I'm not doing that, you know, <laughs> and then when you try to like teach them stuff, they get like overly dramatic and then it makes you feel like oh yeah yeah so anyway i know when he's done with training because he's he's like not having it anymore so like a teenager. i definitely see yeah. oh for sure 100 percent every time and it's very yeah. and, and, the, and the reason why i say that is because it's this converse i have this conversation with husky owners every time i talk to a husky owner <laughs> it's the same thing it's so consistent it's unbelievable yeah. it's kind of a good thing to be honest as far as like genetics go but you know, it is, it is, I just wanted to mention, it is a bit challenging because of the breed. Yeah. So keep that in mind. All right. The, the age, fair. the That's age fair. is, is another thing too. Um, you know, it, it, like you said, he, he was potentially in a foster or something or whatever. So he didn't have, yeah. he didn't have a lot of structure more than likely. Well, they found him on the side of the road, um, as, as a puppy, as like a two and a half month old puppy. Right. So who knows? He had no structure before that. Exactly. Who knows what his experiences were with other dogs or whatever. Exactly. Prior to so, that. so I would say, um, I would say just making sure that when you're, when you're moving forward, I want you to just understand that there's a couple things going forward is, is this isn't going to be like, how do I, it's, it's, I shouldn't say that it is going to be, how do I correct it? But it's also going to be, how do I teach it? How do I reward it? How do I sustain it? Um, all that stuff is important. It's not just because, again, it's the same thing of like hot dog lady. <laughs> um, <laughs> I should just make a, I should just make up hot dog lady like a, a character in, in all of the content because they're it's always a, it's always prevalent. Like it's always there. But hot dog lady, like it's the same thing. It's, I don't want to be on the other end of the spectrum of just punishment either. We have to have both, and that's what's balanced. And that's and in, in, in my opinion, yep. that's like the best form of of being a good leader is like yeah. it, it's operant conditioning. So really good job when you do good and, you know, enforcing that like, yep, that's great. You're doing awesome. Keep that up. And then as soon as they make a really bad mistake in, in, in dogs, you know, ultimately it could cost them their life if they're like, eh, you know, and that's important to me. Right. Like I, I don't want dogs to be blowing me off. A lot of people don't realize that when I'm asking a dog to sit and they're like, nah, I don't really want to. I'm like, no, 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 you have to make them do that stuff yeah. because in the future, if you're like, hey, Fido, come, and they're like, yeah, remember when I blew you off for sitting and you didn't think it was a big deal? Well, I'm going to do it for this, too. And then, yeah. boom, you know, something happens. So um, there's there's the obedience, but then there's also the reward. So just making sure that we're a little bit of both. Just like, hey, bad job. Uh, we're not doing that again, and here's why. And if you do it, you're going to get punished. And they go, oh, okay, that's a drag, but I get it. You know, so mm -hmm. just making sure we have that balance. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Go I ahead. Say like we're out for a walk, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I'm not gonna load them up on hot dogs. Um, right now, I have a little flat chain collar that um, I use on him. I know they're probably not the best. It's my um, the trainer at Puppy Kindergarten recommended it, so I just got one. Um, and it's helped. It's helped like kind of steer him away from from other dogs as we're passing by them. But like what what should that scenario look like right like what should i do yeah. well again like you know we're gonna we're gonna dive into that but the most okay. the most important thing again is like if a dog does something that they shouldn't do right 
mm-hmm. then you have to if you if you're gonna correct them and and this is this is um applicable for what you're dealing with uh the only time that i'm about to explain something is not applicable is when we're doing like behavior modification when you get a dog that is like trying to hurt another dog hurt another person go after him like there's no okay we're not going to teach you what to do we're going to just teach you to not do that first and then we're going to teach you what not to do and so when you're dealing with obedience and stuff that isn't like you know like dangerous like that we're going to be doing okay you're pulling on the leash or you're semi-reactive in a way out of you know it's probably in this case it's probably out of fear or like suspicion or just i don't know what else to do with myself when i see other things whatever um you have to yes we're going to correct it but we're also going to teach them what we want them to do so in your case you already said you did the leave it so that's where so for an example if you're standing there and then uh bentley right bentley yep if bentley starts to react in any way that you don't like, mm-hmm. you would go, you do your verbal cue. So you'd say, leave it, right? And yeah. then if he didn't, you'd correct him with, what, what, okay. we'll talk about corrections after, okay? Okay. But you'd okay. correct him somehow. So if you have your collar on, you snap it and you go, hey, that's inappropriate. And okay. so you're, you're tying the two together very closely. Yeah. And so he goes, well, hey, you know, I didn't really like that. And you go, well, that's that's ironic you know because i don't like you doing that <laughs> and so that's that's basically how that goes and then he barks again and you do the same thing you go leave it snap and so okay. he'll start to he'll start to associate that cue mm-hmm. with that snap and he doesn't like the snap right. right so he's like so then when he barks again you say leave it he goes oh i think something's coming he stops you go could leave it and at that moment he'll capture what that means because he may not understand when you're correcting him why he's being punished he knows he doesn't like it but he may not understand exactly why he's doing it but if you Mm -hmm. stay consistent and you stay patient and you do exactly how i just kind of said it you will be successful and he will understand he'll capture that he'll go oh and he'll he'll match the two so he's not really speaking english with you of course he's not understanding the the english language he's queuing up that leave it command is is then associated and followed up by that correction, whatever it may be. It mm-hmm. doesn't even have to be on the leash. Like, there's so many different ways you can do it. And then he stops because he, he's – and here's the other thing, too. There's a lot of marketing manipulation and complete bullcrap of people saying, like, fear-free dog training. For me, I know in the animal kingdom because I've seen it firsthand – Every day when I worked, I worked with a lot of wolves. I worked with a lot of coyotes. I've worked with a lot of different canines and in, in all over, all over. And I know that a little bit of that, it's not that you definitely don't want your dog to fear you as a human. That's bad. That's wrong, right? There's a variation to that. That's terrible. You would never like want to walk into a room and a dog's afraid of you. But you do want that little bit of fear where the dog's like, oh, I don't want to get in trouble. Because that fear in, in that state of mind and in that application equals respect where you're you yes. know, same thing with mom and dad, you know, where you're like, hey, I want to go run across the parking lot at Disneyland because I'm excited. And you say you get your butt back here. <laughs> that that tone of voice and the way that you said that has been enforced with some sort of punishment, which is why your brain switches and complies you're mm-hmm. like, okay, I don't want to get in trouble. Your brain, and it doesn't matter if it's with animals or people, but 
it, it's kind of like a survival instinct to say, I've been punished for this before, therefore I'm not going to, to do this, you know, whatever, yeah. whatever it yeah. may be, right? And so it, it's kind of like that defense mechanism. So anyway, the point is, is if you say, hey, leave it, and the dog goes, oh, like, I'm associating that leave it with something bad, which would be a punishment in the very early stages, mm-hmm. then he would stop. And then as soon as he stopped barking, then you go, yeah, good, leave it. And he goes, okay. And so he'll, he'll associate. What happens is, is he'll, he'll capture that that barking is what gets him punished. Okay. But more, to, more importantly, that we're not trying to tell the dog never to bark again because that's silly. Mm. What we're going to do is we're going to correct the dog, like if, he's, if, it's, it's, if it's habitual. So in the house, on the walk, whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. That's, how, that's how that works. Now, you can take that okay. same template and apply it anywhere. So jumping pulling on the leash, whatever. You just switch your verbal cues. <clears throat> but when you're when you're teaching him how to heal, you want to teach him how to heal in in a very just like anything else in obedience. You want to teach you want to teach stuff in a very non-distracted, neutral environment. Yeah. So. Got it. His <laughs> heal is is actually pretty pretty good. Um obviously in a I mean, you're going to hate that I say this. You're going to be like typical dog owner. But like, obviously, when there's the more distractions, the the more it kind of falls apart in time. And sure. the more dogs there are, um, the the less he's he pays attention to me. Um, but like, I think his basics are there. They, they definitely need to be fine tuned. Um, and there's definitely work that he can do there. Um, and I think it has helped. But there there is like also a point of no return with him. Where like once he his attention gets on that dog, and we're, and and they get too close, it's like I can I guess I could correct. I'm just trying to imagine this as I'm like walking down the street, right, and and going through the scenario. But like, let's say he gets too close to a dog and and gets that like point of no return. Um, I can correct him, but I. I feel like I I've tried to I've even like tried to pull him and without like actually pulling him off of off of that like taking him and pulling him away there mm-hmm. it i don't even know if like a quick jolt of the leash would work um yeah and maybe maybe that that falls into the whole like what kind of collar i should be using and all that category um but even i'm just trying to think of like if he's in the yard with the neighbor's dog and they start going at each other and i try to he's not on a leash at that point right and i try to pull him away um because he has, he's got a little handle on the back of his harness that he wears. Mm-hmm. Um, he he would, he'd grab my hand, like he would, he'd probably snap at me. Um, yeah. So what do I do in that case, right? Because I leave it won't work. He's not, he's not gonna listen to me. Yeah. Um, I you know I'll still grab him. He won't bite me hard because he does have some bite inhibition, I think. But it's like, what's the best thing to do in in that scenario? Well, like I said, you, you, you have to, this isn't like a, you know, dog training in general, uh, in in any application, isn't like a, I'm going to give you a guidebook and you're going to go, I mean, everything's very, you know, you got to just work with it. But anyway, the point is, is situational. yeah, Yeah. Yeah. You have to, and you have to, like I said, you have to teach him exactly what you want him to do and what not to do. And so, you know, with pulling on the leash or with 
um, you know, barking or whatever. You have to teach them like your relationship. So I'm, it's hard to explain, but the, the foundation of your relationship is what needs to change. The in-between will overall help you change that. So it's kind of like a win-win. So your, your, your baseline relationship with the dog mm. is what needs to change. That's what needs to change. So he doesn't respect you. He doesn't understand that he's going to be punished if he does something he shouldn't be doing. And you don't know how to, to do that yet, which is normal. But like that's what's, <clears throat> that's what's causing a lot of this stuff to happen is, is mm -hmm. you're, you're not, you know, you're not able to get in there and, and really work with him and, and figure each other out because you're, you're working, you're trying to work on singular problems and you're not working on it. You're working very micro. You need to work bigger yeah. micro. Okay. That's so fair. you need to overall. So again, the big picture is going to be accomplished by doing 10 small little things. Yeah. So you need to get better at obedience but overall, yep. you need to get you need to have a better you need to build a better relationship with your dog, which isn't easy. It's not given. It's something you have to work at. Mm. But that's like the big picture here of what you're dealing with. OK. All right. Yeah. I, I mean, that's fair. We definitely have a lot of work to do. Um, yeah. So you just so so here's the thing. OK, so I'm going to give you some examples of the little small stuff in order to build the big stuff to get better. OK. So some obedience obedience in general is going to help with that. So you're going to start teaching him how to heal, okay? You're going to start teaching him thresholds. I'll, I'll, I'm going to go over this in a little bit, but heal, thresholds, yep. sit, and break probably are going to be some good things to start with. So okay. here's the thing. Ready? I'm going to give you an example. I'm going to give you a micro-macro example right now, okay? Okay. So you're going to say Bentley sit. And this goes for like anybody's dog. This is very applicable for most people that come in. Okay. It's like, hey, I have my I have problems with my dog barking at other people. Whatever. So okay. Yeah. How's your obedience? Oh, it's great. Okay. Fido sit. The dog sits. Literally, owner looks at me. As soon as the owner takes the eyes off the dog and then looks at me, the dog gets up and kind of just circles yeah. around. And the owner's just staring at me yeah. like, see? And I'm like. Oh, okay. So you you think that sit is actually just like put your butt in the ground and then you get up. And so again, micro macro. The micro is is when we tell a dog to do anything. I'm just using the sit as a as an example. We say yeah. we say Fido sit. The dog puts their butt down. You say good sit. So you reward them verbally. They don't need food. They don't need an Academy Award show. You just say hey, good sit, right? And then after that. They have to then stay in that position until you then break them. Yeah. Now, for dogs who are newer to any behavior, and in this case, sit, of course, they're going to get up because they don't understand the process, right? So you have yeah. to teach them, no, 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 buddy. You have to actually do this behavior until I then put you into a different gear. And they're going to okay. go, yeah, but I don't – nope. You know, and, and again, it's all like that. It's all conversational, and that's what I see out of dogs. I'm reading that conversation just the way that, like, we talk as, as humans. Yeah. So they get up, and they go, I don't want to, and they might spin around, and they may look at you and go, no, right? And you go, nope. So you just grab the leash, put him back into a sit, and then you basically, un until he sits for, you know, the duration of five seconds versus one, 
you say, okay, break, and then you give him a break. Okay. Okay, got it. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, we've been working on, like, sit, stay. So he'll go to his place and stay. Um, he, he's, he's getting there with it. Um, again, I think it's all stuff that we just need to continue to work at. He's, I've had him for less than two months at this point. So we're, we've been working on a lot, but he still has a long way to go. Um, I don't think I, sorry, sorry. I was just going to say, you just have to remember that whenever you are doing anything with him, you don't want him to, you don't want it to be on his terms. Yeah. It's like an open book test. Are they really learning? You know, where you're like, hey, here's your test. And they're, they're just looking for answers. Right? Yeah. So in your case, he's just looking for the food. He takes the food. and He's like, I'm done. And he walks away. And you go, no, you're not. He goes, yeah, I am. And then he walks away. So you just have to make sure that you have that balance of yeah. anything. That's the micro macro. And the, mic- and, the, and the micro obedience that I'm talking about and the consistency <laughs> is going in the structure is going to help with the bigger picture of what you're dealing with. Okay, makes sense. Keep that in mind. Yeah, yeah, you're definitely right. Like, there's times when I, he knows I have a treat in my hand, and he'll just start doing things because mm-hmm. he thinks it'll get him the treat. Like, I'll say one thing, and he'll he'll lay down. I'll say like, paw, and he'll lay down because he thinks that's what's gonna get him his treat. So, he's definitely like become. I feel like I've taken it a bit too far in like the reward direction. Yeah. Um, with the treats, so. So I think maybe working towards like getting him weaned off the treats and and just good obedience and like a good boy or a good job or good sit or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 um yeah. And and again, like if you if you create a relationship where the dog is constantly overly stimulated by food, they have a especially a four and a half month old puppy. I mean, you have a hard time actually capturing things. Yeah. It's like getting a bunch of, you know, kids together and say like, you know, trying to teach them something with like, you know, but but also handing them out like, you know, little game consoles or something. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. OK. You know, you just you, you're not really <laughs> capturing anything. So you so you want to create a, a more organic relationship with him. And you don't have to use a lot of the things that you've been doing, I'm sure. <clears throat> but I said like. The other, you know, when I talked about obedience, so the other thing is, is thresholds. So making sure that when you're, when you're doing thresholds, again, it's, it's micro macro, you're going to say, you're going to go out the door. So you're going to walk out the door, you're going to say Bentley sit, he's going to go, Oh, not this again. And you're going to say, yeah, and he sits, you're going to grab the door, and he's going to get up. Right? Mm -hmm. And so you're going to say, Nope, put him back into a sit. And then that's going to take you probably with that dog. Again, you have to work on the sit and the first step that we talked about, but that might take you 10 to 15 minutes just to even grab the door without him getting up because he's so conditioned because the problem is, is he's so conditioned to act on his terms and act on an impulse. And so if he's, if he's, and you got to think of like what state of mind he's in, he's never checking in with you. He's never engaging with you unless you have a pack full of hot dogs, which Again, you, you could give to a robot, and he's going to be all over that robot, and you're chopped liver. So it's right. not you. You're just right. the delivery person. Yeah. <clears throat> so you just have to realize that you want him to actually be uh, responsive and engaged and respectful and understanding of what you're providing. So, again, we worked on the sit. Now what we're doing is we're going to go back over to the sit when we're working on 
um, you know, the, the door opening thing. So we say sit, we open the door. And then once you can get past grabbing the door and him not getting up, you grab the mm-hmm. door. Once he completely accomplishes it and he doesn't get up, you go, yay, good, good sit or whatever. And you go break and you just break the dog. So you're, okay. you're incrementally building his relationship through thresholds, micro. Mm-hmm. Macro is, is he's engaged in you. You're gatekeeping the things and you're holding his resources because the resources that he wants are that portal of a door. That's what doors are to dogs. They're portals like a, like a video game. They walk into it and they're in a whole different world. So they're excited <laughs> about that. So yeah. holding those resources and making him work through you is, is nice. And again, bottom line is, is he's sitting politely before you release him through the door. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same exact time, you're building that respectful, can I do this? Or, yeah. you know, kind of like, may, may I please be excused from the dinner table type thing? doesn't really make mm-hmm. sense, but it, it's a respect thing. It's like, don't just get up and walk away. Like, who, who do you think you are type thing? Right, right. So anyway, that's the other exercise you can start doing. And then over okay. time... Obviously, incrementally, the goal would be opening the door, you walking out the door, and then he has, and he'll look at you. He'll look directly at your face. You know, he'll sit there and stare at you and be like, "Can I go? Can I go?" And you go, "Break!" And he breaks through. Okay. Um, and then it's the same application with the heel. So you're going to teach him what heel is, and heel for you know how we teach it anyway. Uh, you know, in association in conjunction with all of my. YouTube videos, uh, the heel for us is simply just asking the dog to loose leash walk uh, on our left side until we then ask them to do something else. Okay. Got it. So it's much like a manual transmission in that case where um, you're not going to shift into gears automatically. You're just going to say, this is what I want you to do. This is what I want you to do next, you know. So you're mm-hmm. you're shifting gears manually, and it's yeah. not going to pop out into neutral until you you allow it. Yeah, yeah. I think we need more follow through with with like all that stuff because you're right. He'll get back up right away. His- oh yeah, and I can tell you right now, like if if you can't get your dog to sit for more than five seconds, you're you're not not, not, not going to be able to stop him from doing the things he wants to do. If you can't even get your dog to sit for five seconds, think about the other things that you're asking him to do. Well, I want you to stop pulling. Yeah, right. I want you to stop barking. Never going to happen. I want You can't even get him to sit for five seconds. How, why? You know what I mean? So you, you that's, that's like a really big – I, I don't want to say it's a secret, but it's so overlooked. People are like yeah. getting very complex into like – why is my dog biting me? Or why does my dog like, you know, bark at every single thing? I'm like, well, first of all, you can't even get your dog to sit for five minutes or five seconds. So why would we even start on this other stuff? Right. You know, that's a problem. So it's not even, it's not even a question of, you know, like, oh, I think that that's probably like some of it. No, that's, that's probably a lot of it. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, Wow. This just makes me feel like they're like I feel like we've come so far and there's still so much we we need to work on. Well, yeah, but I also think you're you're probably focusing on you're probably just putting your eggs in the wrong baskets to gain progression. That's what you're yeah. probably that's probably what's happening is is you're not you're not focusing on the right, you know, it's just like anything else. Like if I wanted to like run a marathon, 
but I was out like weightlifting every single day and not doing cardio or, or you know, whatever, then, yeah. and then I'm t- talking to my coach. I'm like, man, you know, I, I just, I feel so defeated. My coach is like, yeah, but you're not, first of all, you can't be defeated if you're not working on the right stuff to progress mm-hmm. in the field you want to. So don't feel yeah. like you haven't done anything or you have so much to do. I would just, you know, go a clean slate and start over kind of, and just realize that the work you have been doing hasn't been derivated towards the right direction in order to reach your goals, which is why you're on the phone with me right now and why you're you know, exactly. probably frustrated with this stuff is you're just not working on the right stuff. And I think keep it super basic. I mean, dogs are super easy uh, animals once you just stop everything and go, okay, what's going on? Why is this happening? <clears throat> and I think, again, it's not a... Dogs aren't like a programmable, hey, my dog pulls. How do I fix it? Hey, my dog wants to bite people. How do I fix it? It's like, you can. Mm-hmm. You can do a lot of stuff to like, you know, modify it, to manage it. But, you know, there's there's so much into it. So it's not one of those quick and easy fixes. There's a lot of stuff. You have. It's not like, hey, how do I lose 50 pounds or 100 pounds or 2 pounds? Or what? how do I run 16 miles? How do I run 100 miles? It's like, well... It's not as easy as just, well, stop eating or just start running. It's like there's so much more. Um, And I think that dog owners just in general don't realize that the very basic stuff, like every single person, I shouldn't say that. I would say the majority of people who have behavioral problems that I work with can't get their dog to sit for five seconds. And that's where I start. Like, oh, your dog's doing something externally uh, that you want to modify or you want to modify this behavior. Let's see where your basics are at. Let me see your communication at like the easiest level possible. And they say, sit. The dog, boop, bops up. No, sit. Boop, bops up. I'm like, okay. Again, remember the same thing I talked about before. I'm like, okay, yeah. you, you want your dog to start barking at people, but you can't get in the sit. So anyway, um, how... What other stuff have you done obedience-wise? Um, have you started the heel at all? Yeah, we've been doing heel, um, and and he's he's pretty good at it. He'll he'll heal. Um, he doesn't fully understand the break, so he'll heal. And like you said, temporarily, he'll heal for, for a little bit. And I've been trying to work on holding him, um, so he understands when I say break, he can he can go off and like sniff and you know be a dog and do dog things. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's definitely like we've we've been working on that over the past few weeks. Um, he's good on the leash. He's he'll walk by my side, but I will say like I dropped the leash once when we were on a hike, and he looked back and took off so fast, um, like he had a bad life, man. Like this dog took off, like he was never back. So. Yeah, it's funny. I always tell people happy dogs don't run away. Uh, yeah, well, this dog is <laughs> not happy. He's, well, and it's. He, it, yeah, it's it's in 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 what it is too is 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 it's it's more about um it, it's more about again like understanding okay my dog won't come back again you're looking at it as as my dog won't come back what a jerk I would look at it <laughs> as as like how is your recall how many times have you practiced this <laughs> you know it's like that's yeah. that's that's the template for everything yeah. His recall's not there. I will fully admit that. Like, we haven't gotten, 
much to that point outside of practicing in the yard. Um, and, and it's honestly like, it's a part of our environment, right? Like it's hard in the city to find somewhere to go where there's no other dogs. Um, even like a dog park, right. We'll, we'll go like at 6am just because that's the only time there's no other dogs in there. Um, and try to practice some stuff in there. Um, so it's a partially, you know, not trying to come up with excuses, but that is a product of our environment too. Just finding the space to practice recall, um, outside of like being in the yard and with distractions too. So his recall's not there. I, you know, I know that I know it's something we need to work on. I know it's probably one of the most important things we need to work on. Yeah, for sure. And, and again, like look at that, but I just, I can't stress enough how big that is. What, yeah. What we were just saying. Um, so yeah. So again, like, you know, using that example, Tom, my dog got off leash once and ran away. Okay. That's what dogs do if they don't know what else to do, you know, like, so those are the things that we're talking about. Um, okay. So I want to go through what are some, so, uh, the reactivity, right. Is the big thing. Correct. Mm -hmm. Okay. So yeah. let's, let's dive into that. So when you're on the leash, again, like I really want you to continue to work on your heel. Uh, so making sure you can get him to um, the big thing. So if, if you were, um, well, you are in front of me, but if you were physically in front of me with your dog, I would be asking you to show me your heel and, and I would want you to proof it, which would mean you're going to walk forward. So you're going to say Bentley heel, you're going to walk forward and you're going to turn directions on a 90 degree angle, which is called a tune up, which you've probably seen me do in a lot of my YouTube videos. Yeah. 90 yes. degree turn, go the other way, and then you ask the dog to, to then heal again. And mm. if the dog doesn't heal and just you go that way and then the dog goes that way, that's where mm. that's where I would start. I'd say, okay, so it's the same thing as it's – so that's the same equivalent to Fido sit. The dog sits for two seconds and then gets up because if you ask a dog to heal and they're already on your left side next to you and they're already moving forward with you – the real turn of the page and the real proof to say, okay, do you know this command or do you not? Is when you turn 90 degrees and you say Bentley heel and you go that way and he goes, Oh, yep. And I'm going to follow you. And then he follows with you. So if you, yeah. if you don't and you can practice that and you can think in your head, okay, he might, he may, I think he will. I don't think he will, whatever. It doesn't matter. But that's what you have to practice um, is to make sure that he's engaged with you. We never want to supply pressure to the dog that is is un, unnecessary of course so our goal as as you know trainers is to make sure that we are teaching the dog stuff so there's there's no reason why we should get a dog out and put him on a any type of collar and just start like saying do this do this do this and they're like what the heck you know so you have to make sure that when you're turning and you say bentley heel the dog actually turns and complies with you mm -hmm. If, yeah. If you're not getting that, then you say, okay, then we need to tune this up. And if you can't do that in a non-distracted area, you're likely going to fail if you have all these other things going on. So you have to really audit where you're at in your relationship and your engagement with your dog before you actually go to like showtime and really work on these things in a environment that is – unlikely going to be successful for a dog who really doesn't know these things that well, especially at four and a half months. You yeah. Know, still a puppy. Um, but you can still do the basic obedience. You may just not be able to do it for long periods of time when you're, you know, out working. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He'll go like 10, 15 minutes at a time. And then we, we got to take a break because he gets, he gets frustrated too. <laughs> and he's obviously vocal because he's a Husky. So he'll let me know exactly when he's, uh, he's over it. Yeah. So that's what you, that's what you should be working on as far as the healing. Um, okay. And so the healing will counter some of the, um, exterior behavioral problems you're having. For an example, if you um, teach him how to heal really nicely and he turns on a dime with you and you're doing really good and he perks up, sees a person coming, sees a dog coming, whatever is going to make him react that day, and you say, Bentley, heal, and you turn and you go the other way, two things. Again, I talk about this a lot, but it's big. It's micro-macro of the, the, the process. Is is when you turn and you go the other way, you say heal, and you have an you have a really good opportunity at him actually doing it because you've been practicing it for days, weeks, months, whatever, right? Yeah. And the other thing is, is now you have way more leverage to punish him for reaction because you're asking him to do something you've practiced prior. So right. when, so he sees something, you've been practicing your directional change heal. He's been doing great. And you turn and you go the other way, and mm-hmm. he goes and barks at that person. You can actually start punishing him for something more direct that you guys have been practicing and conditioning and and being, you know, understanding that process. Because what happens is a lot of times dogs react, and you just sit there and you're like, "Stop! Don't!" And I, I've seen some crazy stuff. I'm I, I never will say I've seen it all, but I've seen some crazy stuff where people people will. Cover the dog's eyes. I've seen that. That's that's a good one. Now, when I see that, I'm like, oh, this is good. I just watched that stuff. But I've seen people cover dog's eyes, you know, before, and I'm like, oh, boy. That's probably oh, what God. hot dog lady will do if she gets a serious problem. <laughs> but does that make sense? So your leverage changes because now he knows why he's getting correct. He's like, hey, yes. I don't like this. Hey, and you're like, well, heal. And he's like, oh, fine. You know, I've worked on that. I know it. Where if, yeah. you're, if you're correcting him in any fashion, it doesn't matter if it's verbal Leave it, no, you know, or if it's covering their eyes, they still don't like it. It's still aversive to them. They don't want you to do it, right? It's uncomfortable mm-hmm. or whatever. But at now, at least you have leverage so they know how to shut it off. So you've given the power back to the dog to escape the pressure of the the equipment that you're going to be using, which would be the prong collar, uh, I'm assuming, yeah. at some point. So that's that's what you have to do. Um, and then the other thing is, is leave it. So again, same exact template. And this is like a template Mm -hmm. I've been preaching and preaching and preaching for many years is privately, you're going to work on leave it. So you're going to use his favorite ball, his toys, his treats, his food, anything peanut. I did, I did one yesterday with peanut butter. I smushed peanut butter in the bottom of a dish because the peanut butter is nice because they have to work at getting it all. So you can use it for, you know, a, a while. So anyway, so you you work on leave it and leave it for the way that we teach it is. And that's the thing about dog training that could be everyone has their own flavor. But the way that you're hiring me to help you and the way that I'm going to explain it to you is how we're doing it. Right. So when you say leave it, it's really just disengaging commands. So when you say leave it, whatever they're doing, it doesn't matter if they're barking, chasing a cat, eating chewing on something when you say leave it you want them to disengage off of what they're actively doing okay um so the way to start that is just with using things the dog really likes yeah no which you've already established 
yeah and he's his leave it is actually really really good um i'll say leave it from like across the yard and he'll he'll leave whatever he's doing perfect um that was one of the first things i taught him because i find that it was the most useful um so yeah for you sure know, he's, he's gotten pretty sharp at that um again though with with dogs like that's the one thing that i'll say leave it and it still doesn't stick so so i'd say like in a lot of situations he'll he'll listen um with leave it but if i if we were passing a dog and I, I was just like bentley leave it he wouldn't he'd still right half at least half right. the time trying so now you so and again then that's what's so so then if you were to say okay Tom the template's set up he knows the disengaging or he knows the ca- yeah. like I call it, it it is a form of counter conditioning um, so you're countering um, you're countering and using conditioning that you've already practiced to disengage the dog off the thing you don't like and and then the next and then the next thing is is just making sure you're able to reinforce it or in I, I should say enforce it so. When you turn or, or when you say leave it, and he's like, "Yeah, I know what that is, but I'm not doing it." That's yeah. where you need to re or you need to enforce it. So if, if he reacts that way, you say leave it, and then you got to correct him because that's another big thing. Is some and it's very common. And it happens all the time. Dogs will say, "No, I'm not doing it." Same thing with sit. Same thing with leave it. Same yeah. thing with heel. They're like, "No," and then that's where the tools that we that we have available for us, especially here in the United States, which is nice. Um, we're able to then give them some sort of correction for non-compliance, which would make your life a lot easier. Because basically, if you don't have that ability, then you're just assuming and hoping and praying and wishing your dog just listens to you. Yay! Wouldn't that be nice? But they have different agendas because they're freaking animals. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? So that's why tools are so huge and so yeah. prevalent, and 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 again, it, it, tools are, are are utilized by everybody, including myself, who's a professional, to get certain things out of certain dogs. But tools for dog owners who aren't professionals and have a day job and don't, you know, don't have that innate instinctual, you know, uh, instincts to just do things. Um, it, it makes your life a lot easier. Like mm-hmm. you're not a professional. Yeah. You do need help. You do need tools. You you do need some sort of back up you know so that's where that comes in so that's a different template okay uh bentley knows exactly what i want him to do and he's still not listening that's where your enforcement comes in just like anything else you know kids uh go to your room because you just threw a stapler through the wall they say screw you mom screw you dad i'm not doing it and you don't have anything to enforce that yeah Right, micro, macro. At that moment, you can't punish him for throwing the stapler through the wall. But then guess what he's going to do every single time you ask him to do something he doesn't want to do in the future? Make me. Because last time you didn't do anything about it, so this time I'm not going to do anything. So for me, it's it's, it's very common sense behavior to to understand. Well, yeah, that makes sense. Kids drawing Sharpie all over your brand new wall. And you just, you know, let's let's enter a hot dog lady and, and try to just say, hey, come over here. Here's a cupcake. And they come over and they gobble the cupcake. And then they start wiping their cupcake hands all over the wall with the Sharpie. You go, yep, look what you've created, a, an absolute monster. Yeah. And then in the yeah. future, when they grow up and they become an adult and they, they are a certain way because you have allowed them to do that because it was your job 
to protect them and to teach them wrong from right using operant conditioning, <laughs> your fault, you know? Right. Hundred percent. Yeah, it's a it's a distraction essentially. So mm-hmm. he's not learning the behavior. Yeah, he's and that's just what from what he was doing. Yes, and that's what you were doing. Leave it. That's what you were doing before, and it's not a good idea, you know, for very obvious reasons. Yeah, yeah, no, and I could tell early on that it wouldn't work long term. Yeah, a lot of people. I had this. I had this um this girl yesterday. I was talking to. She said. That her trainer, she said that her trainer told her that if her dog tries to go after other people to growl at the dog. Oh, God. Exactly. I was like, are you, I was like, she's like, it was so uncomfortable. I'm like, you think? I'm like, not only is that like the most bizarre thing, but you paid somebody to tell you to growl at your dog and it's not going to work. No. Like at all, and it's dangerous if a dog like if you get into it. It was, but I was like, but um, so again, nothing surprises me anymore, and I haven't seen it all. But that was, I have heard that before, but man, it just keeps getting better and better. With a uh, well, I think that's like the premise of of if your dog bites you, you're supposed to like yelp. And maybe I don't know. Maybe that's like a similar concept. That but it was supposed to teach them, like as a dog would teach them. Yeah, but maybe? It's, I don't know. It, I'm not defending it. Just... Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. It's a good. It's a good glasses half full type thing. But it it wasn't used in like she was actually being told to growl at the dog to correct the dog. Like like if the dog growls uh, at people, you growl at them to like punish them. It wasn't like the premise of. Right. Hey, you hurt me, or whatever. It was right. like you. I, I want you to become an actual animal and vocalize to them and scare them with your voice, with like growling, unbelievable. Anyway, um, we are slowly but surely running out of time. Um, I, I'm gonna give you like. Uh, do you have any questions? First of all. Um, yeah, I wanted to touch on a few more things and I'll also say this. Um, I actually signed him up for your board and train. Um, he's coming in September. Cool. So, I I mean, the, the point of this was really to, to get us, um, through the next couple of months and work on, on what we can from a basic obedience perspective. And I think a lot of the stuff we talked about was really helpful, um, because we can get stronger. Like uh, there's a lot, like you said, there's a lot we can do with our relationship and, and with um, making sure that he truly knows commands and isn't just sitting for a hot second and then moving mm-hmm. on with his life. Um, so so I think this was really helpful. Um, the other thing I did want to touch on is he gets really, I mean, he's a puppy. I get it. Mm-hmm. But he gets really mouthy when, um, when he's excited, when he wants something. Like, he nips. And as mm-hmm. his adult teeth are coming in... Um, it's a little scary for me because I, you know, my nephews are running around and, and they're still afraid of him. So obviously like they're already jittery. And if I'm not sure, like he's not going to bite them out of aggression, but if he's going to nip them, like that's only going to create a bigger problem. So for now, um, you know, I usually like put him on, on the lead in the backyard if, if they're around or I'll um put him, you know, in a separate room or whatever. But I guess I wanted to get ask you what you know your if you had any advice as far as managing that and and I guess getting him to stop nipping or being so mouthy when out of, out of I think it's out of excitement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So again, it's like 
it's the same. I'll use the same template. And I think that like you could probably, you know, by as many times if I've like put this into your head, you could probably uh, like answer this question in, in my words already because I've said it so many times. But like, again, like if he's doing OK, so we have a dog. Right. And it's it, there are dog. Right. And they're doing a bunch of stuff. Yeah, you can holler and scare them and they'll run away and they'll know that they've done something bad with voice inflection. But how are you going to to handle that situation? Like what training have you done? Just like with with any t with, uh, you know, and, and I sound like a broken record, but like literally with any type of job or any type of environment that you're in, what type of train? Like if, if the fire alarm goes off right now, like we as humans are going to be like, OK, let's figure this out. Right. Like let's figure out what's smoking. Let's figure out how to get out of here if I need to. Like, let's stop, you know, whatever we it's training in life so it's the same thing yeah. with dogs like if he's doing all of that stuff you have to ha what have you taught him to counter that so he's chasing he's he's getting excited with kids he's jumping up we'll teach him off prior right he's yeah. the kids are running around and he's policing and he's chasing them and he's nipping at their heels because he's a dog and that's kind of what they do yeah. you teach recall right you don't you can't again you can't take singular little things that mm. are that are um, I guess just discouraging or kind of a drag for you in your life and just say like, how do I fix that? How do I go in and like, he's chasing kids because they're little and he doesn't see them often and they're screaming and yelling and they have stuffed toys in their hand and he's chasing them and, and trying to nip at them. Well, that makes a little bit of sense very instinctually for a dog to do something like that, especially a puppy. You can't just say, how do I get that out of there? Like yeah, I love yeah. I love yeah. everything. How do I remove that one thing I don't like? Well, <laughs> uh, well, just you know, wave your Harry Potter wand and just poof it out. You know, <laughs> if only. So you just you really have to, and that's why I'm trying to like put that template into you. Is you have to ask yourself a question: the things that you don't like that your dog is doing. What do they know differently? How have you? Okay, this is the problem. How do I how do I find a solution? Right. Yeah. Kids, kids start. Yeah. Kids starts throwing a tantrum. You're not just going to say like, you're not going to call somebody and say, how do I, how do I fix this? You go, how can, I don't know what, what relationship do you have with this child to overcome this? Hey, if you know, it's okay, you know, whatever. I mean, it doesn't matter. Like you, you yeah, can't yeah. just like say, okay, I don't want this four year old to have tantrums anymore. This isn't, this isn't okay with me. This doesn't fly with me. Like I have other stuff to do. I don't like, I, I want to remove this tantrum. It's yeah. Like, no, that's what you know. Same thing with dogs. That's what they do, especially at four and a half months old. So, you know, you can fill in the blanks with these little things that you're working on, as far as chasing the kids or not coming back or nipping the kids or whatever. Put them on. But again, I think the real advice for you would be making sure that you're working on the corrections too. So mm -hmm. he jumps on a kid. You say off. And he's like, yeah, I don't care about that. The kid has cotton candy. And that's more important to me, right? So then yeah. you correct him. You say, no, off, pop. And you pop him. And he goes, oh. You go, well, you know, just like with kids. It's like, go to go to your, go go to timeout or something. You're like, I don't want to. You're like, go. You know, it's, it's the same thing. Dog, you know, you can't be emotional about it. You just say, okay, this is a mm -hmm. problem. How do I correct it? Got it. Yeah, no, that's that's good advice. Um, That's a good point. It all comes back to that. I think that was good perspective too. That it all comes back to like his how strong his obedience is. Um, but 
I, I know we're running out of time. The last thing I'll say is, so I got the Herm Springer collar. Um, is, is there a time when, like, is he too young to use it? What, like, um, yeah, that's the million dollar question. So uh, prong collars are, are again, uh, an enforcement or sometimes a reinforcement over things that we want to do. So, you know, it's the same thing with like uh, the, uh, the e-collar or the remote collar is it's really, it's really just enforcing things for us. So yes, we can. And again, like I talked about in the beginning of our conversation is, the only time I'm really going to use a tool as an aversive immediately out of the gate without teaching them prior things mm-hmm. is if we're doing like behavior modification and the dog is, you know, like in my videos, if you've seen a, you know, a German, an aggressive German shepherd coming in and trying to like go crazy at me, I'll correct them immediately for that. Cause you have to, that's, you have to be very assertive. And then I work on, you know, then I care about the dogs, you know, then I'm very empathetic about the dog's emotion and how we're going to get over this and all that stuff. But immediately, if I have a dog that's actively trying to hurt something or someone, that's where punishment comes in. But with a four-month-old puppy, you you don't – again, same thing. Like we don't want to cheat like the hot dog lady and just like yeah. bang, bang, bang and like stop doing all this. We also have to teach some sort of directional leash communication with the dog with the prong collar in association. So it's definitely like – the safest tool to use as far as applying pressure to a dog's body because it's very um, distributed instead of just like, you know, a slip or a flat collar or something. However, um, they have to know a little bit of the background noise of what you're asking them to do, right? Yeah. So if you ask a dog, so let's take the sit for an example because it's easy to understand. Yeah. You're gonna say Bentley. You're, so you may even you may even say Bentley sit, and then they look at you and they go, nope. And then you basically will give them a little bit of pressure on the prong to correct them, right? Okay. And then they put their butt down. You go, good sit. Does that make sense? So yeah. the, so the other the other thing that that you can start to do is you can start to load. There's it gets kind of complex, but you can start to load the dog with pressure too. So you can actually. The dog's sitting next to you, and and you can actually um, like put a little pressure on, the, like not correct the dog, not pull the dog up. You just put a little pressure up, just a slight bit pressure up, and then you cue the dog to sit, right? And okay. then the dog puts their butt ground down. And so basically, what happens is is the <clears throat> um, as soon as you, so the dog learns to escape the pressure through compliance. So it's 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 a classic escape training method. Mm-hmm. And it's it's it, and and we're not trying to stress the dog out. Like I can't stress that enough that we're not trying to stress the dog out. Yeah, we're just trying to teach the dog the conversation of how to turn the pressure off. So we're giving them the power to turn pressure off, and it's a really nice method to get things really clean and nice and fast. So you can apply a little pressure up. The dog goes, and then you go, and then like probably a second after you apply a little pressure, you go sit. The dog puts their butt down. Boom! It shuts off. And so, the, so the dog okay. understands how to shut pressure off, right? So next yeah. time you ask him to sit, you may just pull the leash up a little bit. The dog sits. Good sit. Same thing with down. And and then and the prong collar just helps enforce that a little bit. But ultimately, um, that's what you need to be doing with the prong collar is you don't want to like necessarily – you can go out and do the little corrections with the turn and the heel and, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But – you just mm-hmm. have to be careful. So I would say four and a half months old in your case is, is going to be okay. 
but just so you know, you're going to get a lot of feedback from the dog. You're going to get a lot of vocalization. You're going to get yeah. a lot of bucking. You're going to get a lot of dramatic uh, things. But you also yeah. have to make sure, um, why don't you just show me your prong before we got to run, uh, and I'll yeah. see if it fits. Um, so I, I think I may have ordered the wrong size. I measured his neck and it was like 17 inches. So I got, yeah, it's too huh? big. So what you need is a two point. So go on my website and get the 2.25. So the, okay. and I'm working with Herm Springer on this, um, actually about cause, cause you get a, so that prong collar is like, you know, that's a big prong collar for a big dog. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's not, not what you want. So you're going to get a 2.25. Okay. Um, and just order some extra links uh, on my collar or on my page as well as get the safety clip. Um, and that's what you want to use because that co that collar will literally probably just sink your dog to the ground because it's so heavy compared to the size <laughs> yeah. of the dog. So just um, okay. and, and again, it's not your fault. It's just it's kind of deceiving sometimes when you have like, oh, this is the neck size and you can take you can add links to any prong like. Okay. Like you don't have to. It's not like it's it's very customizable. So I would get the two point two five, the the extra links and the safety clip, and start with that, and then um, just 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 get going with it. All right, beautiful. We're gonna work on it. All right, good luck. It was nice to meet you, and uh, we'll see you in September. Sounds good. Thanks so much, Tom. Yep. Bye bye. All right, you guys. That's a wrap for today. Thank you so much for listening. Again, uh, another great podcast with another uh, uh, another dog owner that um, was struggling. And, and as you can tell in this episode, we, gave, we made a lot of progression. And um, I'm really excited and grateful for the opportunity to not only help her, but also um, be able to record it and then hopefully help you guys out at home. What an awesome combination. Anyway, guys, uh, it's Friday here in New York, wherever you're listening to this. I hope you guys have a wonderful day, safe weekend, and I will talk to you next time. Bye. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba.